section, otherwise known as the Bermuda Triangle. Every time I want to take home a movie, I always get sucked into this void, and I end up taking home something like Frosty and the Silent Sparrow. I mean, hey, you know, I'm a big fan of bird movies, but come on, they should throw me a bone every now and then. Actually, Mr. Lewis, we've increased our new releases inventory by 40%. These are all current titles. Liar. It's true. 40% more copies of new releases at $2.99. Go home happy. Well, hey, old people, this is Steve G and Matt G with Happened in the 90s, a show where we talk about things that happened in the 90s. So get out your podcast players and listen to Happened in the 90s for once, you goddamn assholes. I'm pissed now. We're going to be talking about things March 3rd in the 90s. I mean, and- again, dude, it's a, it's a sexy episode, Steve. We got, mm-hmm. we got some sex. We got Frazier not getting some sex and Niles... Maybe oh. uh, getting a lot of poon, and you know we're also meeting uh, somebody familiar to the, the '90s people, Daria. Which uh, I got to be honest, Steve, I thought this show started way before it did, and you know we'll get into it. But I, w- I had a few misconceptions I realized when I watched this episode, and I'm wondering if we shared them. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't have too many memories of Daria. I didn't really watch it. Um... It was all right, but I think we were like 14 when it came out, and I, I get it. At the same time, it's like uh, it, it represented a, it represented a, like a certain chick from that time period. Um, I feel like I knew some Darius in Perrysburg. Yeah, I did oh, know yeah. some Darius. I know <laughs> yeah. some Darius now. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I feel like daria now just like dead to the world basically but i get it i I wish i would have watched it i just remember you know it was always associated with beavis and butthead and i i think i thought that the show started earlier because of beavis and butthead you know like that show was on she was in it uh but one thing i did realize about daria that i guess i just never really put too much thought into I think I thought that the voice was Janine Garofalo pretty much the whole time. <laughs> they sound the same. Yeah. Yeah. So uh wasn't a huge fan, but I don't know. In watching it now, I mean, it's not a bad show. You know, I, I've seen worse on this. Sh- uh, watching shows for this show, I've seen worse. So it, it gets a passing grade. But in uh, 1981, in Los Angeles, California, African-American Rodney King is beaten severely by police officers after leading them on a high-speed chase and allegedly resisting arrest. A video is made by an observer and portions of the tape are broadcast repeatedly, resulting in a massive rioting in the Los Angeles area. And this was uh, when we were probably, what, seven, eight? And uh, I mean, it, it was a big enough deal to where, like, I knew what was going on. It was shown, like, all day, like the OJ case. And I mean, I was pissed even as a, as a little black boy. Um, I just knew it wasn't right. And the fact that the officers got off, they were acquitted. Um, I mean, it's kind of crazy. And also it's kind of sad that that same kind of shit that happened. I mean, whatever year that was 
uh, still going on now and it never really changed too much you know cops get off for fucking black people up or really anybody up but mostly black people um but this did that all that shit resulted in a a giant fucking uh riot and probably rightfully so because people were pissed off about it and i think honestly if you think about it probably one of the first viral videos uh you know in terms of like worldwide one of them you know there was no internet it was a it was a fucking camcorder tape uh just cops whooping the dog shit out of the guy and i like you i this shit was on all the time like no matter who you were you saw it uh you know i remember just being scared by seeing that shit and i think that's sort of the first thing that sort of made me distrust cops you know before i got to weed and was afraid of cops for other reasons like it's ridiculous wild you know it's fucking crazy and i mean people i remember the one thing that kind of pissed me off and more so now when you realize it but like how many people were like Oh, the guy was fucking on drug. The guy was a fucking criminal, like trying to make excuses for the cops and shit. And it's like, Jesus Christ. It doesn't justify you beating him to death with a fucking billy club. It doesn't justify it, um, regardless if he was on drugs or not. And I mean, the fact that the fuckers got off. Yeah, I think that black people universally felt, look, there should be a fucking riot. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're breaking into businesses. Most black people, just about all of us, even the kids, felt like, fuck those businesses. When I think, you know, like, it's more evident, you hear about it more, like, I'm a white person, you know, like, I I don't have the same um, upbringing that, you know, somebody, any black person does, but I know, like, for you or, like, like, any black child, the education about cops is a lot different and, like, the, the tone of the discussion is a lot different. And uh, this just made that even more intense uh, for anybody that wasn't white. And uh, I don't know, man, it's just fucking kind of sad. You just see this shit going on still. And obviously like with George Floyd and stuff, it it gets worse. Like he survived, Rodney King survived. I can't believe, I don't know how he did. Cause he, I mean, he was being fucking the shit kicked out of him, but yeah, I don't know, man. He he is dead now though. I mean, he, he was a drug addict. That that is true. He he was on the pipe, and probably other party things, but uh, party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. It's fucking sad, and it, it was like a huge thing. It, it had a lot of pop culture, like things that you know, you like quotables. Like uh, I think Jesse Jackson said, "Can we all just get along?" Like, no, that I, was Rodney. Was that, that was Rodney? King. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean. And, it was super famous. I mean, this was like, again, like the not viral video, but like a viral moment before the internet, you know, this sort of inflamed society, even maybe just in the US, but I think all over the world, people knew about this shit. So can't we all just get along? It's too bad. And then, yeah, in 1992, charges are filed in Florida against New York Mets, Daryl Boston, Vince Coleman, and Dwight Gooden of rape. The charges will be dropped in April of 92. But I mean, once again, Doc Gooden, just these motherfuckers. I mean, there's there's these names in baseball like back in the day that were just being. It's just like constantly 
being put out there i don't remember this at all you know i don't but you know this this is another thing that you keep seeing like not even just like this i mean you see a lot of athletes do this but like even just like the mental illness and athletes and people paying so much attention to these guys like dudes like ab and shit that you're just watching them like melt down in front of you uh and they're just you know getting paid millions of dollars and sort of self-destructing it's fucking nuts Who's the guy with the grilling behind you right now? Because, man, he looks like a... He's scary looking. That, that's Dwight Gooden. Uh, he was a he was a phenom pitcher for the Mets. They won the World Series his rookie year. They were... Uh, him and Daryl Strawberry were rookies when they won, man. But um, they got busted before internet and before smartphones. So, you know they had to be doing the most. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, fucking true. Hell yeah. I mean, damn, dude. I, I, there's those stories about like these guys doing mad drugs and playing like in games and stuff, and you just kind of—it's fucking nuts, dude. I mean, I've done some normal things and eat like on drugs, like on weed and shit, but I don't know. These guys were fucking wiling the fuck out in the '90s. Oh, '80s and '90s for these guys, but. Uh, on that same day, President George H.W. Bush apologizes for raising taxes after pledging not to. And no one cared because everyone voted for Clinton. I mean, oh, my God, a politician who says he's going to do something and then doesn't. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It was especially a Bush. You know, these motherfuckers just stayed doing the dirt and they're probably still doing some dirt. Oh, they're always doing the dirt. Is George Bush alive? Is senior? He's still alive, right? No, no, no he died. Dead? He died 2018. Oh, well. good rins. <laughs> Pretty much. I think I sang a song. Uh, Bug when the fucker, yeah, yeah. In 1994, in Rome, Nirvana's Kurt Cobain lapses into a coma after overdosing on rofenol and champagne. Um, it's that crazy bitch, Courtney. What the no, fuck is Rofenol? That's like um, the shit they were popping in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh shit! Some straight up blue or white collar fucking super drug shit. Actually, you know that's the date rape shit. Is it, I, I was gonna say it sounds like isn't Rofenol, that called yeah. Rufinol? Yeah, Jesus! Who the fuck is taking the date rape? Like, I'll take that. How fucked up do you want to get? Damn. A depressed rock star. That's who takes that yeah. shit. Um, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I mean, like, I know that money, I get what they mean by money doesn't buy happiness, but fuck, bro. Like, when you have that much, um, like, get that shit checked. Like, he, you really had a death wish, like, that strong to where, like, you didn't want to take any other route before you went here. Um yeah, you just want to be numb as like as numb as possible, and even if it like, means you're dead, you know. And and he didn't care about any of that icon shit. Or I'm the leader of the new era. Like, he didn't give a fuck. He just wanted to like, I don't know, play music and like kill himself. I guess it's just wild. Also, like how the contrast of individuals in Nirvana. Because if you look at this, like Kurt Cobain, guy, a mess, a genius musically, but just so fucked up in the head you know killed himself and then there's dave grohl who seems to be one of the coolest 
uh, funniest, uh, just awesome dudes who enjoys life. And it was just like, what the, how the fuck did these two guys come together? Cause if I was um, around anybody who's just like, was Kurt Cobain just like, oh, fuck, man, like always depressed. I'd be like, fuck man, Kurt's a fucking dry- downer, dude. Yeah. And it only lasted about three years. I want to say man, with, with Grohl. I mean, they had a, a drummer before Grohl, but I mean, when shout Nevermind out, came out, yeah. Shout out to Dave Grohl though, because the guy was in Nirvana, was in Foo Fighters, was the drummer for Tenacious D. Uh, I just saw him on uh, that show Hot Ones on YouTube where they eat chicken wings. Yeah. And they just made a fucking move. The Foo Fighters recorded an album and made a fucking horror movie uh, <laughs> this year. So, I mean, this guy is just, I feel wow. like. I don't, I'm not necessarily the hugest fan of Foo Fighters, but I love me some Dave Grohl. So shout out to Dave Grohl. Keep killing it. Yeah. They got some dope shit. But uh, in 95, Man of the House premiered in theaters starring Chevy Chase and JTT. And I never watched it. Don't want to. Uh, JTT, you're all right. Chevy Chase can fucking blow me. What the fuck is going on with Chevy Chase, dude? Like, what is going on with the guy? You're saying that like it's a current thing. Like Chevy Chase has always been a dick. Has he? Is that always okay. like he he had issues with Bill Murray back in the day. He had issues with uh, cast members of SNL whenever he returned to host. It's like why do y'all keep bringing him back? Like then the uh, the whole thing with uh, Community, the cat yeah. like that cast felt a certain way about him. So. I mean, the guy's fucking blackballed himself basically in the business because he's a cunt. And, uh, you know, I like me some Fletch back in the day. I like Caddyshack back in the day. But, uh, yeah, I guess fuck you, Chevy. And I, I, I think I saw this movie, uh, but I have no memory of it because it was probably a big piling or heap of shit. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, Chevy's in it. So, I mean, he is a <laughs> heap of shit, if that means anything. But in 97, uh, Daria premieres on MTV uh, in the episode is Steamers. Daria moves to a new town in high school. While her sister passes the psychological test, Daria has to take a special low self-esteem class a few weeks. She makes a friend there. Good for her. La, 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 la. The fact that they have a self-esteem class, um, like. I mean, when I got to say the thing that it set off as a memory for me is when I moved to Perrysburg in fifth grade, uh, I went to Woodland Elementary and as a new kid, they made you like do a new kid thing where you met, you just were in a group of all the new kids and you just I don't even remember what we did. It was just like hang out, like, hey, we're new. And then they just sent you off to class and shit. But um, sounds like torture. 
dude but shout out to austin fry i don't know if you remember that dude we started yeah. school together and uh, he's a michigan dude, fan yeah. yeah fuck that but you know other than that bad taste steve is a pretty cool dude um but we were new kids together and i remember being in that and actually cody garman if you remember uh that dude as well i think you said he, yeah he's passed yeah away. he killed himself yeah Oh, that's yeah. fucking rest in peace to that dude. But we, I started school with him too. And he was actually the first guy I was friends with in Perrysburg, really, because we were new and he, like I felt comfortable talking to him because of that. But yeah, this new shit, like moving to a new place, crazy. Daria, though, you know, she, it seems like she likes to be by herself, Steve. She's like one of those people, you know, she likes to listen to some cure. Uh, you know, maybe cut herself a little. Bit. I don't know, Some but any Linux and shit. <laughs> but she's moving. She moved to Lawndale, and I gotta say, Steve, I lived in Lawndale, California. It wasn't quite this gothic or whatever, but um, yeah, she's in a new place. She moved away from Beavis and Butthead, and um, her dad. You know, they're in the car, and her dad's a little worried that uh, she's gonna have a l- trouble adjusting to this new place and i wonder why (laughs) she's the kurt cobain of uh young teenage girls basically she's just in her head she's not really into anything she just likes shitting on things and in that regard i kind of understand uh i do like i do like that myself but uh i don't know as if i was a lawndale school kid i probably would just sort of avoid this because she sounds like a drag She'd like probably Perry's shit bird. all over myself, or she not all over myself. She'd probably shit on me quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm too happy. Yeah, I'm here to keep it balanced. Uh, <laughs> Daria and Quinn, who I guess we're just being introduced to, I, we didn't even know that she had siblings when she was on Beavis and Bud, but they're getting dropped off at the new school, and the kids think that Quinn is cool instantly because she has nice animated tits. And Daria just <laughs> walks through the crowd, um, and that's kind of her thing. Fuck the crowd. Yeah, and now, you know, they, they come in, and like you said, they have to take, like, this weird, like, new kid psychological test, yeah. which, I don't know, it's just, I this sounds crazy to me, because kids are all fucked up. Um, but... Quinn basically, you know, she's dumb. She's a ditz. She's a hot ditzy chick. And she just ditzes her way through it. They show her like some weird uh silhouette ink blot thing. It looks like a two like a couple, I think. And you know, she yeah. talks about like, oh, it's some guy, it's fucking Peter, and he's fucking all like, and she's all like this. And the teacher is like, Yeah, that sounds about right. And then she shows that same picture to Daria, and Daria is like, it's a fucking sheep hanging out and I feel I forget what she says but she's just sort of you know some Hannibal Lecter shit fuck, yeah. yeah fuck it off and the teacher's like mm, no what do you see and she tries to like lie her way through it and basically we don't really see what ends in this but it just seems like the teacher is sort of not into Daria and a lot of people probably not into Daria so and Daria's not into people so yeah. it works out <laughs> Yeah, and uh, she gets into, um, or no, yeah, she does. She gets into her new class, and uh, I do like this character, Mr. DiMartino, her new teacher, who seems to be in the midst of either wanting to take a shit or roid rage. I don't know. He's he's really, uh, he's about to fucking explode, basically. Mr. Five-Day Bender. 
<laughs> and he's discussing Manifest Destiny. And basically, all the other kids in the class are a bunch of idiots. And Daria, even as a new kid, is raising her hand and uh, answering all the questions. And even Mr. DiMartino is like, stop fucking showing off, you bitch. DiMartino? You actually remember his name? I just, I had to rewind and clock it, but I did, I wrote it down. So yes, I do remember his name. Mm. And he's always like, it sounds like he's in the midst of a shit, basically. A really good one that he could have, uh, but he's got <laughs> classes to teach. And uh, she, he's asking the class, can you sum up some Manifest Destiny? What, what was it about? And Manifest Destiny, Daria said, was a popular slogan in the 1840s, blah, 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 white supremacy. And she's like, he says, like, oh, yeah, that's correct. And then he goes to, I think, Kevin, the, the meathead. And he's just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I, it was uh, Vietnam. It's like, if you, if you studied, <laughs> never mind. Well, and then his <laughs> girlfriend basically repeats it. And she's like, it's the Warren Viet Cong. And Mr. DiMartino, you know, slap, he tries to suppress the urge to just rip her head off, basically, or take a shit. I don't know. Yeah, Brittany is stupid, but she also has nice perky animated tits. And Daria's mom go to their home and she tells them uh, not tell Daria not to judge people until you get to know them. Uh, give people benefit of the doubt. And to that, I say, fuck giving people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it will fuck no. you at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, but the school calls and, and tells their mom that Daria has low self-esteem. So she has to go take some classes for low self-esteem. What kind of participation award uh, Mamie bullshit is this? Yeah. And it's basically just all, you know, all the goth kids, all just anybody who's just sort of fucking up in school. I probably would have been thrown in this as well, just because I just uh, did not Are like the authority. Not low, no. you know. This seems to be—it's not for low self-esteem. It's for problem kids, and they're just calling it low self-esteem. But no. regardless, she gets in the class, and the class is taught by this guy, Mr. O'Neill, who's sort of uh, just a like a Stuart Smalley type, who he's just like everything's nice and he has like a really soft voice and you know he's just trying to teach these kids to love themselves and uh you know Dari is not having it and then she finally meets what will actually be somebody she actually does like in jane who is her best friend throughout this show and jane's just sort of um apparently been in this class i don't know maybe since she got to high school um, and she just, you know, apparently also has low self-esteem or just hates she, people just as much as Daria, basically. No, she can actually pass the class, but um, she just wants to feel special by continuing to go to this shit. Um, she's been through it about seven million times. Uh, she knows all the answers, but I don't know. It's just something to do. That's her thing. Yeah, and you're right. You were, she actually did say that that she said having low self esteem uh, makes her feel special. So, and you know, she's been in this class. She knows all the answers. She can answer the the, the questions even before they're asked. But fuck it, you know. Maybe you get out of uh, some bullshit class that you don't want to go to. You go here and just fuck off with Mister O'Neill. Um, so they get out. Daria and them. Are, she's walking together. She sort of goes through that, and then Daria gets home. And um, her mom's there and she's like, 
you know, her mom and dad seem to, they're worried about her daughter, but not because she has low self-esteem, really. They're kind of worried that they're the reason she has low self-esteem and not really worried yeah. about her daughter. So her mom takes her and she's like, time for a mother-daughter day. What better way to, um, you know, get some better self-esteem than come out with me and watch me try on new pantsuits. Yeah. Which, you know... Who knows? This could only lead to more low self-esteem. But Daria goes and she watches her mom try on some clothes and just, you know, talks like this all the time. And she just, you know, to me, I just be like, you know what? This kid's just a fucking drag. <laughs> I fucked it's up. about six hours at Lane Bryant. So we cut to class the next day and the teacher asked Dario, like, think of something and daydream about what makes you happy. Um, and she says that she daydreams about one day her family doing something together, something that will really make them suffer. And uh, once again, being the sardonic teenager and I like that word. Her. Yeah. Her sarcasm is top notch. She's probably up there with Jeffrey and who else? I mean, she just she's she's just got she's a little salty, Steve. I, I don't know what happened to this girl. Maybe hanging around with Beavis and Butthead for years probably just caused her to hate human beings a little bit. But you know, she doesn't like the world. And you know, I think we all knew some teenagers. We know we knew some Perrysburg kids like this. Oh yeah. Um, but then you know she goes. They do like the one thing I found funny is that I think at the end of that scene, like, doesn't Mr. O'Neill find some weird doodle that she did? Like, that's like an ice cream man being eaten by some kind of animal, like some shit like yeah. that. <laughs> so that, you know, then that was just like something to clock. Now you'd probably be like, it would be a whole fucking thing. You'd be like locked away in a building and people would be monitoring you, worried about you and shit. See, back in the 90s, people didn't give a fuck. Like maybe you went to a low self-esteem class, but you could be walking around Johnny fucking drag along just like Daria. And people really didn't do shit. They didn't give a fuck. You know? Nah. Oh, shit. No child left behind. Yeah. And uh, so Jane and Daria, they retire to, I think, Jane's house or maybe Daria's house. And they're watching this show, Six Sad World. And the episode that it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a tabloid journalism slash fucked up people show. And this episode they're watching is about a blind, deaf and crippled guy who had affairs with three members of the royal family, which I mean, hey, salute. This guy must have had a fucking hog on him or something. I don't know. Not my first choice, but, you know. <laughs> but Jane's like, they're fucking the royal family. You know, those yuck mouth motherfuckers over there. It's, you know, that's all they could get is some fucking, like, human torso with a dick to fuck. <laughs> oh, <But> man. <laughs> the, the smells of the room. It's, yeah, I'm sure know. it smelled like, like hummus and pumice. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just like fucking Mr. Ed, basically. Jeez. <laughs> the Queen of England is bad enough with clothes on. I mean, everyone that's hot that's associated with that family is from outside of the family. It's, like all the all, like the real royal see, but, blood are just inbred, like just fucking. It, it, yeah. It's it's all downhill already. Let's not go any further, <laughs> even if it is a joke. Um, but <laughs> Dari and Jane, they're ready to graduate. Uh, take this test and be on with it and they ace it as you should for a fucking self-esteem test um, unless you're 
on the short bus, maybe. And uh, they're even having then, a school, even know. then, even then, um, they're having a school assembly for the self-esteem graduation, and it's just as pathetic as it sounds. Um, Jane Lane is her name, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. She's just, you know, she's just not into it, but I get it. Like all these kids, I, you know, we went to Perrysburg. Perrysburg seems like Lawndale High. And I think like for the most part, even like we weren't this depressed, but I think we were the kids who were shitting on the kids for just being into like pep rallies and shit like that. Or at least that's what I was, you know. I didn't and, care uh, about none of those pep rallies. Yeah. I mean, it was some it's bullshit. Like- it was just something you had to do. And at least you got out of class, but you know. Jane and uh, Daria actually are forced to be like they do a fucking like what is going on in the school that this is a cause for an assembly like give them a fucking certificate let them be on their way but that's not the Swandale's highway so Mr. O'Neill summons the courage to do this he gets cucked by the assembly like he gets cucked by all the kids and he introduces Jane uh, to like make a speech and Jane takes a giant fucking cleveland self-esteemer on stage because she's very like i guess she's not into speaking in public which i get but she sort of like hey i gotta go and she just rushes off leaving daria to talk about self-esteem and how much it is awesome and you know she sort of like saves the day i guess but we don't really see her speech too much uh but while daria is speaking quinn's in the audience I mean, she's on like guy 10 and 11 at this point, who's just like treat, giving her all the attention and they're making fun of Daria and they're, you know, shitting on her and all this. But Daria uses this moment to thank the person that, you know, is most important to her at school, her sister, Quinn, which is embarrassing to Quinn because she doesn't want to be associated with such a fucking. Uh, just puts her on the spot yeah. yeah so quinn's in she's having kittens over this and she, they go home uh daria sort of like is just daria but quinn's pissed the fuck off and she's like she fucking said i was her sister this fucking bitch you know it's like it's that kind of energy yeah but the family however is happy to see that daria graduated self-esteem class and they're just geeked more so than daria um per youth and i think that's just how we end it and this is the intro to dario mtv march was, 3rd yeah this was like i i don't know how this show lasted so long you know i think there was this was made for girls steve so i mean let's be well, honest. well yeah that's why we didn't watch it yeah so while this was on like i would wait till this was over i'd watch eon flux i'd watch something with a little more substance but one thing this is how the show ends Okay, first episode, not a total disaster, but to me, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, But one thing that's really not my cup of tea that is sort of ruined this episode while I was watching it, and I hate to beat a fucking dead, shitty ass horse, but Paramount Plus, if you don't fucking include (sighs) the fucking platform, I'm going to break something. And I, I hope you break the the whatever the servers are and fix them and make them work because i did i had to start this fucking episode over five to six times because it would get to the first commercial break it would get stuck and then it would go back yeah. to the beginning of the episode and then it would get stuck and then it would go back to some other random point in the episode and i have to just kept starting it over and i just gotta say 
you know, it's nice that you have all these like uh, shows that we want to watch and uh, that's great. You have some good content, but if I can't watch it in an enjoyable way or even a functional way, then the shit ain't worth it. So get your shit together. Yeah. You said seven or eight times. I kind of give up after like three. I mean, uh, Kendra has the DVDs, so I eventually did give up and I put the fucking yeah. DVDs in. Wow. I, I, you know, I, I don't get it. Whenever you have this thing where you're releasing it and you're charging people money for it, in my mind, you know, don't rip us off. I'm paying you the money. Just let me watch the fucking show. It's And it's not even like my TV. It's not what I'm using. It's just a fucking shitty fucking platform. So again, suck it up, Paramount. Put a couple more extra dollars into it. Maybe spend $10 instead of the dollar you paid to fucking design this shit. And, you know, flip a switch and improve it. So get do better. You lose! Good day, sir! Love, hate, romance, dynamite size, hot stuff. Pick up Soap Opera News. It's brand new and it's weekly. Freeze a crowd on days. So who gets both? Billy or Hope? Robert Kelker Kelly, who plays Shane, quits another world. Soap Opera News has the real story. Plus, get Alice Horton's famous donut recipe and all the storylines for every show. Affairs, secrets, murder. Dynamite size. Hot Just a dollar ninety-nine at your supermarket. Soap Opera News. Nineteen ninety-eight, Frasier, once again because Matt loves it so much, is airing the episode Room Service, an unexpected visit from Lilith Stirs Old Passions and Frasier and New Ones and Niles. And I gotta ask you, Matt, does Frasier ever get laid? Like he does. The, Actually, the there scale? but I would say like the percentage, at least in the show, has gotta be near like five to it's like a low, like maybe single digit percentage of him getting some puss. Dude, he got laid more on Cheers than he did on his own show, and that Frasier was on for like damn near twenty years. I am wounded. I mean, goddamn, but yeah. So this is actually we we talked about Frasier last week, the ski lodge episode. This is this just the next episode in the season. We're coming right off an episode where Frasier got no pussy, even though yeah. he took this everybody to a ski chalet. So in this episode, again, we'll get to it, but. Again, pussyless Frazier. And, you know, for a guy who's got so much money, so much class uh, and savoir-faire, I, I got to agree, you know, the guy is just not lucky with the women. And that's sort of one of the most important parts of the show, I guess. Um, but we start and he's uh, at his radio show at KCL. And he's talking to somebody named Betsy about her problems. And while this is, he's having this conversation, Roz... His producer is just fucking, she's got a piss, Steve, and I've been there. And this Betsy woman who just won't talk about gushing waters and waterfalls and streams and, you know. It definitely doesn't help. And I've been, to me, this wouldn't do it. It's when I get to my front doors, when the piss has to come out. You know, every time I get to the front door and I'm turning the knob, it's a five second differential whether I get to the toilet to piss or I piss myself. And, it, you know, I always have to cut it close. But this, yeah. you know, we've all been there. Roz jets out. She has to piss. Mm. And as she's going to the bathroom, she runs into a familiar face for Frazier, at least. And it's his ex-wife, Lilith, who is just uh, a conniving most, bitch. 
the saltiest, saltiest, whitest bitch you've ever seen. I, yeah. Is this what Daria turns into? In <laughs> you might be right, Steve. We might have figured it out. Um, but he, you know, they are divorced. Frazier lives in Seattle. Lilith lives in Boston, I think, where Cheers was in. And uh, but her showing up, like he's still talking on the on his radio show, and he looks up and sees her. He's like, "Oh my god!" So it's not, you know, this isn't a, a rosy situation, but. He sucks it up. He talks to her, and Ra, or, uh, Lilith is in town for some kind of fucking self psychology seminar. She there said, you go. "Yeah." But as he's talking to her, they're having like a conversation, and he mentions her husband. And it Brian. sends it sends Lilith into just she just goes into she shatters and starts c- crying. He can't. He doesn't know why. And even Roz is like, "What the fuck did you just do?" Okay. Um, well. Apparently, uh, Brian left Lilith's trifling ass for another dude. Yeah, she he was looking for somebody a little more feminine, and yeah. he found somebody in a dude, uh, which shows you a little about what Lilith is like, the ice-cold bitch queen. And um, apparently, the guy's name was Stan Jablonski. Uh, it was her uh, contractor who was working on her new closet and she says how ironic that i get the closet of my dreams and my husband walks out of it comes out wow. but don't <laughs> yeah so fraser says you know what you're here let's i'm going i have this classy affair i'm going to with niles tonight why don't you come you know let's let me just cheer you up a little bit which you know salute to fraser he's trying to be the bigger man um so nice nice to yeah yeah then we cut and um, uh, there was one. Oh, okay, yeah. So we cut to uh, Cafe Nervosa, and Fraser is talking to Niles about Lilith. And Niles, um, it, first of all, so he's like, oh, he hears that she left, uh, or she got left for a man, and he says that uh, he has to pay his dad five bucks because I guess they had a bet about this. So that's kind of funny. Wow. Um, but Niles decides this weird fucking thing that's going on because he's in the midst of a divorce and apparently he has some kind of strange reaction where it's actually causing temporary narcolepsy where he'll just fall asleep whenever he's stressed the fuck out, which honestly, I kind of wish I would have this. It's kind of, it sounds nice. I could use it. <laughs> um, and Frazier, you know, is trying to sort of bear his soul to Niles and he says that uh, the thing that is sort of concerning to him is that he doesn't like this pattern. Every time Lilith comes around and she like uses him to cry on his shoulder, he finds her vulnerability hot as fuck and he wants to bang and they eventually do bang, which is always a mistake. So he's worried that that's going to happen again. And after Niles wakes up from another bout of narcolepsy, the, you know, they sort of figure out they just he's like, OK, I'm going to be there. I'll help you out let's do this and they sort of make this agreement so we cut to Fraser's house and Fraser's just hanging out and um Martin's there Daphne's there I think he's trying to teach Eddie like a trick or something but uh right before uh Lilith gets there Niles gets there and Fraser tells his dad and Daphne that Lilith is gonna be there for the first time and they're like you fucking you didn't tell us like you didn't give us we needed the we could have been out of here we could be gone right now because this bitch is so fucking just shitty that nobody wants to be around her so yeah they want nothing to do with her 
and, and uh, go ahead. Lilith is, Lilith is supposed to be going to some event with Niles and uh, and Fraser, so and you, some kind of like business convention or something. It's some kind. I think it's not a business convention. It's like a just like a high society event in Seattle that Niles and Fraser yeah. plugged into. So it's like a black tie affair, and Lilith shows up and is i guess looking hot as fuck because she walks in she's in like this really revealing dress for her i guess and uh fraser's like oh baby as soon as he can't even hide it <laughs> you know he doesn't get any so i mean yeah yeah and like, i guess uh, you know eddie senses evil he barks whenever the door she's about to be there and as soon as lilith does come in uh daphne and martin fucking like run for the hills they hide as you should i mean steve was she hot i i will say this she knows how to use what she was given uh she has no titties no ass uh like you said she's very pale she's <laughs> actually built like a 12 year old boy uh but uh she's wearing that dress and the people oohed and odd and in, in the audience so i guess that gets a passing grade uh, for NBC. Yeah. And, um, you know, Niles and Lilith have sort of this, you know, Martin, um, Pam relationship where they just shit on each other. But in this, they're like trying, they're like being passive aggressive and shitting on each other and just sort of, you know, nudging each other a little bit. But yeah. Frazier the whole time is just like, god damn like he's just sitting there just oogling like why even go to the event just fuck you know get it out just it's not gonna hurt you've already done it and had a kid just wrap it up you know get the evil out of you and just be on your way but <laughs> and then get some clearance of mind afterwards that that post nut clearance it makes you think things like oh yeah Get the fuck out of my bed. I mean, we've always, I mean, I, I've i been there where you, you hook up with an ex and before it happens, you're like, this is gonna, this is magic. This is, yeah. this is the best. And then afterwards, yeah. you're like in the bathroom, like. <laughs> but Fraser, you know, he's, he's just oogling. And he's like, I, I got to snap out of this. So he takes Niles into the kitchen. Niles, uh, following, he's still having this issue. I think he gets a call from uh, his lawyers or something. And he falls asleep, like, in the fridge. Um, Frazier's like, she just, I can't resist. Like, I, I'm going to nut right now. I, I need to fuck this woman. You got to help me. And Niles is like, look just here let me let's do a mental exercise whenever you have a sexual thought about lilith think of something disgusting think of something that is even more disgusting than lilith so remember that horse we found that was dead that had all the maggots in it whenever you're thinking of that puss think of those maggots it'll snap you out of it and fraser's like you know what okay i'll do this works so let's get going i have maggots 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 and they head off to whatever the fuck event they're going to then we fast forward and uh she doesn't have maggots in her vagina but maybe she has a niles crane in her vagina and they mm -hmm. both lose their shit when they wake up at the hotel and trying to figure out how the fuck does that happen 
Yeah, how um, many sherries did you fucking drink that night? It's like they're codependently comforting each other. And Niles is like, oh, these things happen every day in Arkansas. <laughs> like, he's, yeah. I don't get, I get like feeling like you betrayed your brother, but this isn't like necessarily the worst thing, which they actually sort of come to that realization after they wake up all the way. Um, you know, they're sitting there like, well, this is, you know, we're just both fucked up. I just lost my, I just, my marriage fucked up. You're in a divorce. Like this, we were just, you know, we were in pain and we were just trying to find some comfort. Um, so as they come to that realization, knock, knock on the door and they're like, oh fuck, who the fuck could that be? But it's just a guy, it's a bellhop. And he, I guess they ordered some after sex room service last night or in the morning. And, um, I feel like it's, you know, it's just what they're doing here is just strange. They're, they're going to have, they're going to eat breakfast together. Lilith eats breakfast or eggs with ketchup, which I've always found disgusting as fuck. Um, and even Niles does that also. So the bellboy leaves, I think to get ketchup. And, uh, as they're sitting there talking, waiting for the bellboy to come back, knock, knock again. But this time it's not the bellboy with ketchup. It's Frazier with a hard dick in his hand. Um, and he says, Niles goes into the bathroom to hide. Lilith goes to the door. And Frazier's like, I'm here. I'm so sorry. Like, take me. <laughs> you know, and he's just, he's waiting. He's He's got a Cialis in him. Uh, he's got a fucking rock hard one. And he's ready to just fucking plow. But Lilith obviously is a little hesitant. Um, so... As they're talking, the toilet flushes and Frazier's like, what the fuck? And Lilith sort of is like, uh, it's just broken. I'll be right back. Um, another thing that she did before Frazier came in is push the, the cart of food into the bathroom. And now is like food in the bathroom. Like he's just like weirded out by that. So she goes in and Niles has passed out because of his narcolepsy and flush the toilet inadvertently and there she's like you fucking idiot your brother's outside and now niles is freaking the fuck out um and, and Frazier's just waiting you know he's he's it, percolating out there no nah, he he didn't wait he didn't wait for shit because by the time she came <laughs> out the bathroom this motherfucker's already in his robe with nothing else and uh, like they're talking and Frazier once again thinking he's about to get it in and there's another noise from the bathroom and Frazier runs in and he sees now it's passed out on the breakfast cart and Frazier loses his shit. I mean, it's one of the uh, best react. Niles! Oh, he's just about to fucking kill, jump out a window or something, which, you know, I could like this could cause a lot of problems in a family. If you just like think about it, this is a really sort of something fucked. A line has been crossed here, Steve. In my uh, opinion, at least. Uh, not unless you're from Fremont, Ohio. <laughs> Why do you say that? Yeah, I know some things. <laughs> well, I would love to hear about that off camera. But anyway, Frazier now knows what's going on. Niles has fucked his ex-wife uh, before. And so he was about to get sloppy seconds yeah. and he rushes out. He just leaves. He leaves his clothes. He leaves his ex-wife. He leaves maybe some pre-cum on the carpet, you know, as he's running out. Um, and Niles and Lilith are like, uh, did we just shatter a family? 
Like, what are we going to do here? And then knock, knock again, or not even knock, knock. Frazier comes in uh, because he needs pants, obviously. You can't yeah. just walk out with his hard dick in a robe, you know, and no car keys. That part. <laughs> and you should also mention the bellhop. Uh, when he first comes in, it's just Niles and Lilith. And then when he comes back, it's N- Niles, Lilith, and Frazier. Well, actually, there's come- an in-between yeah. one, too, because he comes yeah. back again with the ketchup, and it's Frazier and Lilith. And he's like, wait, what? Frazier and Lilith, yeah. And Frazier even yeah. orders some breakfast himself. The same dish his brother ordered, so apparently they have some weird fucking similarity sexually, or at least taste-wise. And you're right. Then they then the bellhop comes back again, and it's all three of them. And who knows what the fuck that guy thinks is going on. Exactly. So once again, great writing, great writing for Frazier, for the Frazier team. And uh, everyone has their justifications for Lilith's home as to why everything went down. And she's just saying that they, like I said, codependent on each other. Uh, Niall says it's a battle of super egos trying to discover their id. He tried to go Freud with the shit. Uh, And Frazier's just kind of like, this is just bullshit. However you want to paint it, however you want to color it, it's bullshit. Yeah, you guys were jealous. This is a manifestation of that. And you're just doing this to get some revenge on me because you're jealous of this hot ass I got. But there, you know, Lilith is like, uh, here's my analysis. This is some bullshit. Um, And, you know, three psychiatrists just seeing like this in in an argument in this capacity is just too many cooks in a fucking kitchen. You know, it's just fucking stupidity. And even these smart people you see are just like, as stupid as us like they get caught up in these normal everyday things <clears throat> so they all sit down they're sort of cooling off a little bit Razor's hard on's gone you know everybody's just sitting there like stewing and they're wondering where they go from here and um niles actually gets a call from uh the maris's lawyers he stands up for himself and he realizes oh hey like, I'm over this narcolepsy thing. So clearly, yeah. me getting this pussy actually worked. Like, I feel validated. I'm, I'm better. Lilith sort of feels the same way. And Frazier's like, well, what? Do, uh, I got blue balls. Like, what am I going to do? But, you know, he's he's pissed. Um, Lilith reminds Frazier in this conversation. She's like, well, if you would have just fucking fucked me last night, not resisted. We, this would never have happened. So I think that sort of gets through too. He's like, oh yeah, because Frazier was like be doing the most to not fuck her. Um, so Niles, that part. Niles just stepped in to throw a little crane uh, into her no matter what. And, and Lilith, she gets over her self-esteem issues. Maybe this is Daria growing up. Either Daria or Doug's sister. And I guess because Niles fucked her, she got over her self-esteem. She feels pretty again. Uh, you fucking hoe. Now, you know somebody who probably didn't watch Frasier this time around on 1998? No, Steve. Somebody who probably didn't watch it was Jason Tatum. Uh, He was an American basketball player for the Boston Celtics. uh, And fuck him because he plays for the Boston Celtics. The Mississippi of the North is what I call it. But he's a great basketball player. So, yeah, happy birthday to Jason Tatum. Uh, You need to leave that team and that city, though. Now, any callbacks, honorable mentions, or takeaways, my friend? I mean, I said it, but hey, uh, Paramount Plus, fuck you. Yeah. That's my call. Yeah, back Paramount, yeah. Paramount can eat a plethora of dongers, indeed. <laughs> um, now, I, I skipped over it for a very good reason. 
uh, on March 3rd, 1997, Polly debuts on Fox. Uh, and I say that because it's Polly Shore's sitcom on Fox. That's why I skipped it. But it's worth noting some shit that I wouldn't watch. They probably should never stream it. Um, you don't leave yeah. the Jews, Steve? Uh, Paulie Shore is not that funny to have a sitcom based around him, and it's Fox. So I don't uh, even for something to be this. on, yeah. I, like, yeah. how long did it last? An episode? Um, not even a full year, I don't believe. I mean, who is the guy next to him? Like, who? The, what the fuck was going on? And what was it about? Uh, we don't even. It's Fox. Yeah. It's Fox, bro. <laughs> they, they they had a sitcom, a primetime sitcom called Greg the Fucking Bunny. It was a fucking like puppet they had a fucking puppet in the 2000s man so it's it's fox bro there there's no they gave michael strahan a fucking sitcom with, with carl weathers like <laughs> i shit you not i i get it michael strahan has personality he's got a gap he's uh seems like a nice guy but yeah i don't get that, why so. he's getting all the opportunity because the motherfucker hosts like good morning america like why was he chosen is there is networking networking man it's about who you know he he worked or played for the giants yeah. for decades so a, a prime spot like that i mean and he was a, a pro bowler and he won a super bowl for that team so i mean it's not I mean, to take anything away from the guy he seems like a perfectly nice dude but it's just like i always found that strange like of all the people like in the nfl just of like him well, like you know well the reason he still has the gap and I think he said this in his playing days uh, is because that's his trademark. So for somebody to think on that level, he was already kind of like focusing on his after playing days. You know, get what I mean? it, get that money, so, dude. Fuck it. I love, I, I love somebody's getting some fucking extra bread like that. I mean, for I, I don't hate the guy. The guy was a beast. So get uh, it. America loves a big jovial black man. <laughs> They now, love a gap, you know, they love a nice gap in the teeth too. David Letterman, you know, it's it's a nice signature, especially for a guy in a football helmet. You do see the teeth every once in a while, and that's pretty signature. So there you go. I get it. Got teeth in your mouth, so my dick's got to fit. That's a another '90s reference. But uh, make sure to also check out Over the Culture and Crush Gasm with Kendra B3F podcast with Joey and Steven. Don't worry, be movies with Amanda and Wade and Pop Culture Hoot Nanny. This is Steve G and Matt G. Please like, share, and subscribe with Happened in the 90s. Ha, ha. Huh.